0: So today is the Chinese New Year, and it's the beginning of the year of the tiger. So in the Chinese system, they have different animals uh, every 12 years. So last year was the year of the ox. This is the year of the tiger. Tiger, tremendously powerful creature uh, so it's supposed to reflect upon courage and uh, could be pretty turbulent <laughs> so consider it and what can you learn about it from tigers what does the tiger teach you kind of the old days of the Wilderness training. Aspect of wilderness training was to spend time where there were tigers. I've done this myself, going to a wild place where tigers live, and meet the tiger or be around where tigers are. And tiger trains you to be impeccable. Because you can't, you can't win them over, you can't run away from them, you can't fight them. In the jungle you can't escape them. They teach you to be impeccable. What does that mean? It means you take refuge in the only thing you have. the most fundamental thing that human beings have that sets them apart. Mm. Yeah. It's a quality that's often ignored, or not even re- realized. It's, uh, not only human life's about craving, and fearing, and security, and getting things done, and planning for the future, making things happen. There's a lot of low-level craving in it, craving for security, craving craving to get one's own way, craving for something to happen in the future. And a lot of fear, insecurity that things won't work out. Because this whole program of, uh, you know, craving and wanting and trying to shore things up and hold things together is always, it's doomed to failure. (laughs) You know, because the world really is uncertain and everybody dies. Uh, And, you know, I mean seeing constantly in a cursory glance at news, you see there's always war going on somewhere several places at once as people getting bombed blasted frightened shot to pieces people starving people freezing starving freezing and getting shot fear yeah you know so we can't you know we seem to be living in a world where you know there's so much power that we can't have any say over? The world is like a tiger. Mm. So what do you, the one thing we uh, need to recollect and train in is we have, we can aspire. No other creature aspires. You know, they seek food. They seek shelter. You know. They seek to defend themselves, but they don't aspire. Humans do that. Maybe we don't do it enough, maybe we forget about it, when things are okay, Uh, just getting on, you know, uh, you know, get by, get through the day, or try to work something out, or on a retreat, get my meditation practice together, or... You know, you've got some, loose time, so do a few bits and pieces and keep things going. But in that way, it can get dull, it gets boring, gets humdrum, the mind gets restless, you know, you So you want something to do, somewhere to go read, look out, go for walks, do something, All blameless in many ways, but just the sense of energy getting dissipated. Because we have this energy, desire energy, if you don't put it into aspiration, it just starts to leak out into 101 okay things to do you know, allowable, okay things to do. There's no moral indictment about that. It just is, uh, because it's not bad, one doesn't necessarily see or realize the danger of it. Danger may be a strong word, but leakage, just kind of energy leaking out, and this and that this and and speculation and and sometimes some really quite unpleasant personal tangles it gets wound up in what i'm supposed to do with my life this is a really good thing to be doing stuck in this monastery do i need to be here do i want to be here what's the point you know it's okay but so what you know and then mind loses its um Mm. It's alertness, It's uh, a quality called atapi yeah, It means it's eager. You're, you know It's like the ears are pricked up. It's on the ball. It's sharp. Attapi ardent. Yeah. It's a kind of desire. But rather than craving, which is always kind of trying to gobble something up, concoct something, it's, it's, it's the desire to, to bring forth, rather than to consume, to bring forth. Ardent. To bring forth the human, you know, the uniquely human. Aspiration, commitment. the mind sits up. And then the most fundamental things we we commit to, as we've done today, all of us, we're taking refuge. It's a, a different alignment, isn't it? It's a very powerful, significant word, refuge. Because even in things aren't really directly horrific or life-threatening. We take refuge from our proliferating, babbling minds that can generate complexities that we get foggy with, we lose our way with. Alternatives. You know, a lot of life in a monastery can be about creating other places I could go or will go or should go, or wish I had gone, <laughs> or things I have done, I'd like to have done differently, or things I would like to do again, I can't do, or things in the future I'd like to do. It's always getting all trying to get away from where you are. You think, what's, what's bad? What's, what's wrong with it here, you know? You know, the mind has lost its groove, loses the immediacy. Now when you're facing a tiger, you're not thinking about the good old days or where else you're going to go. You're very alert. <laughs> and that's why the training was to go into the jungle because you meet the tiger or meet the bear. And you just have to and they say, you know, you bring up the mind, I take refuge, I take refuge, and I mean no harm. You determine, not just, I won't spot a mosquito, but I take refuge in that quality in me. That can determine a vow and feel the beauty and the strength of determination to avoid harming, destroying. Mm. And they would do this. Mm. These forest, people in the forest trainees, just okay, whatever else, you know, to the tiger, this is your territory, I mean no harm, I have not taken life. In all the time I've been a trainee, I have not taken life, and I stand on that, (laughs) I take my stand on that. If you want to kill me, I can't stop it, but I take my stand on this. It just gives certain strength because you are finding a place to stand, which is true, which is empowering which gives you a place to stand. It's dignified, it's true, and it's blameless. And nobody can take it away from you. And if you've cultivated that training over years, you've definitely got something you can stand on. And you get the felt experience of determination, harmlessness, there's a certain energy that comes with it, which is just... There is no fear, the mind is resolute, no fear. Because, you know, and the animal picks it up. You know. The animals tune in, say so, so, you know, to the tiger, if you need to kill me, I can't stop that, but this is where I stand. and. I mean no harm, that pick up because it has a heart energy to it of steadiness and coolness, no agitation, no fluster, no trembling, no shaking and the animal is calmed by that. You start running around flapping your arms in the air and screaming, it's going to jump off, it's going to chase you. So the tiger teaches you that, this is your only chance. You go to that, an aspiration, but also an aspiration, it's not, you know, I wish to be a Buddha, which is fine, but it's an aspiration actually you can bear witness to and commit to right now and feel the benefit and feel it. Feel that particular steady, Relinquishing that which doesn't care, violates. You draw all your energy together around that harmlessness. And it's got a very strong, cooling energy to it. And so, you know, we can aspire to, to sustaining that. There's this one precept. So, this quality of aspiration, it's a, you could say, is an energy, it's a transmutation of desire from I want to be, I want to have something in the future. You turn that to I am now this, I affirm it. So, the energy, instead of running out, to this, that, and the other, is gathered, it gives you, it gives you its strength. And then you've got something, so, yeah. Okay, well my aspiration is to continue this and to dwell in this. Even though things may annoy me, things may bother me, whatever, I, I will not move from that. Yeah. So you have something you can actually work with as well and perfect mm-hmm. as, a, as a practice. And if you are keeping it, which I imagine most of us are having a good attempt to keep that and probably quite successful in this situation. And you can just bring your mind back to it. Don't think about this, that or the other. Just think about you have not harmed creatures. And the particular strength of restraint, the strength of value that you are, experiencing, and what it, what it makes possible if we don't harm creatures, the, the fear dissolves. No creature need fear me. Rats need not fear me. In spiders, creatures that don't like really, there need be no fear and violence energies. I don't adopt those. I relinquish those energies of threat and violation and anger and cruelty. I relinquish them. And then the cleaning. Yeah. And because these things are so simple, sometimes we, yeah, we do them, but we don't necessarily realize Sukatinyanti, a vehicle to well-being, a vehicle to bhoga-sampada, to a completion of treasure, a bhoga, something that's, that's got some value in it, and vehicle nibbutinyanti, to cooling the agitated, fiery energies. Mm. These are much more than ideas. These are definitely heart energies and also body energies that uh, you you can you can feel them, and certainly other creatures can feel them. Animals pick that up. They pick up your fear, they pick up your hatred. They pick up. They, they can. They can pick it up. So you have to be impeccable in that respect. Hmm. And so, even when we're not with tigers, we—it's not a bad thing to remember, because actually, human beings do each other more, much more harm than tigers. And, uh, and this is just the first. Then we look at the other precepts. And you develop them. Taking, refraining from destroying living creatures. So don't put pesticides, insecticides, poisons, toxins. Uh, Be careful when you're moving around so you don't squash insects. Mm. Where you live doesn't damage creatures. we build a fire of wood, we practice is to take the wood and shake it. So if there's any insects living on it, you shake it off before you put it on the fire. You know, a rain barrel. You can take water out of the rain barrel, so you put a kind of a mesh over it so creatures don't get into it. Otherwise, you take the water out, it's going to damage them. Even leaving a bucket of water open, well, particularly if you're in a tropical country, mosquitoes will lay their eggs in there. Use the water, you damage their larvae. So all kinds of procedures around making sure water is covered, uh, so creatures don't get into it, and then you'll take their life. When you develop it, you develop a lot of mindfulness, appropriate attention and mindfulness to to how you're moving around. But the overall energy of it gives a certain, you know, unmistakable quality to the samana. These are gentle people. Uh, They're not weak. They're not feeble. But they're, they're collected. Traces of brutality, violence, dismissiveness have been eradicated, removed and you take delight in it and reflect upon it and often in you know we come to what we imagine or mind cultivation to be i think mindfulness meditation and so on and that's certainly true but it's Never the case that mindfulness or meditation is the beginning. Even mindfulness itself, which is highly valued, and I would agree with that. You don't begin with mindfulness, you begin with faith. Which is the sense of that there is something that can be brought forth in this. This being can come to a higher state, better state. And first of all, we don't I want to do something, make something, you know. Yeah, yeah. When well, you're trying to transmute that into affir- affirming something that's present, you affirm the qualities of awareness, of commitment, ethical conduct, and you aspire to, to perfect it. Yeah, so. Something like second precept, you know, to not take that which is not given. Obviously, not stealing things, but in some of life, the saying is, if it's not offered, it's not needed. Don't ask. Yeah. Don't reach out for stuff. Things happen, don't happen. Yeah, so the, you know, the summoner sits back they don't angle for anything. That's the training. And you aspire to, can I do that? Can I see areas in my, where I think, I kind of make a hint, it'd be rather nice to have one of those, I wouldn't mind some of that. And it's, uh, what's that feel like? Leaning over, isn't it? We're leaning over. And it's, again, it's not immoral at that level, but just what it's like to say, just, if it's not offered, I don't need it. Oh, oh, a sense of coolness and completion that comes with that contentment, and training oneself. Material things, immaterial things, So I made that determination early on in my summer life. I remember uh, I was staying at this uh, place in Oxfordshire with the fledgling sangha, three or four of us, Uh, maybe five or something. And it was the winter time, and um, I only had these robes, which were actually too small for me. I just had some old robes in the stores, and a bit too small for me. And a pair of open toed sandals, which my mother had given me, like it's winter time. And the idea is we go Bindabad, arms round, which we were out in the countryside, so it just meant you went for a three-mile walk around the lanes. You know, we didn't really know what we were doing. It was wintertime, and it snowed. So every morning I'd go out and through this snow in my open-toed sandals. And one time, the, um, some boots came into the monastery. about three or four pairs of boots, and they went to... First of all, I think Ajahn Sumedha got a pair. Then this other monk got a pair, and give gave here a pair. <laughs> there weren't enough boots. I didn't get a pair. <laughs> okay, let's go. Not, not, not needed. Go to Bindaba, walking through the snow. The snow was two foot deep. Just every morning, just go out there, feet freezing, feet the just, just standing on that, not given, not needed, not on that. and it just gave a position whereby I could feel the feelings of the the freezing cold feet, and I just laughed at it. And it's just that how such a thing as, as sensation, physical sensation and feeling can reduce the mind to a quivering mess. <laughs> you think, it's only a feeling for goodness sake, you know. <laughs> it's only a feeling. And you can run away from a feeling and complain about a feeling. It's just a feeling and you have an aspiration you can turn to that's bright, strong. Just go to that. Drop the feeling bit. Don't get involved with the feeling. Bring back the aspiration. Linger in that. Aspiration is just, I'm a summoner. I walk arms round. It snows, it rains. That's, that's, that's what weather does. It's not my business. I can't make weather. But I can make aspiration. And this is how you, you stand apart from the, the worldly currents. You think, why didn't I get a pair? He got a pair. Why didn't I get a pair? You not these stupid people didn't give me a pair. <laughs> you don't want to go down that line. So you just hold that. And then you know, you, its really good because you generally, in certainly in monasteries, often the case there's fifteen monks and there's maybe four ice creams. Okay. You know, so certainly personally, I don't. You know, if I'm because I'm now a senior monk, if I see there's four ice creams, I don't take it. You know, sooner, 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 live in that. And somebody else can have it. The lay people can have it. I'm here for ice cream. Feeling. Just to feed my belly. <laughs> and get a bit of delight. Here for aspiration. Step back from that. No, actually we don't. Here we don't. I don't think we really go without very much at all. But sometimes it's good to, because then you you really check test yourself. What are you here for? And you 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 really remind you, go back to your aspiration. We're gonna live free here. There's a possibility of freedom from this craving and nagging and worrying and complaining and comparing. There's this beautiful place. Stand in that. Mind feels upright. It gives you more faith because you realise once you begin to enter this realm of the heart through aspiration and commitment you've got a very powerful resource to take you through a lot of stuff where you normally you complain and moan and fear and manipulate and run away and fidget. You say, no. This place doesn't fidget. This doesn't run away. (laughs) And it makes me feel good. Takes me out of the world of coming and going and fortune and misfortune and people I like and people I don't like and all that kind of stuff. So when we take these precepts, why do people take them? I mean, I'm sure people take them a whole number of reasons probably some of it's just custom maybe some of it's just blind belief but to take them to value them means you're you're remembering your dharma body a very important aspect of what i'll call your dharma body because it almost feels like a body when it when it becomes strong you can find yourself sliding out of it like you're losing balance or Drunk with ideas, or stuffed with full of projects, or fascinated with stuff, Just shake it off. <laughs> you come back to right. This, you know. Of course, um, sexuality is a big thing for people. Oh, but then you think this kind of heat and all the agitation that goes along with it. All the heating up and agitation and kind of playing around and teasing and fantasizing and oh my goodness me, get out of this. (laughs) You know, this is just, just bleeds you dry. People can actually lose their life force on this stuff. Yeah. And you can see it's such a, now it's just, everything in the world is layered with it, you know, with glamorous people, with bodies, with titillation, you know, with pornography, with fashions, with beauty, with, you know, what are we, what are we, what is all this about? It's just a dream. Isn't it? You know, hot dream, heated endlessly craving to be stimulated. And so you take your this sexual restraint and celibacy, you know, some kind of punishment, which but <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the way of the world it can seem like a punishment or a bad deal, but actually you think this is a come into the cool place where I'm no longer trying to get some angle on somebody or doing, you know, presenting something to win someone over. Think, Enough of this silliness. You know? And it's enormous uh, transformation because, you know, the, the sense of, you know, our stimulation, appetites... Yeah, uh, you know, certainly when you're coming from life in a a busy world, you know, stimulation and response, stimulation is brisk, it's constant, constant, bam, 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 not always certainly not always pleasant, but your nerves are always being jangled by something or the other, sight, sound, music, blaring, pieces of information, people, events, and then there's and responding, planning this, working that out, sorting that out, putting that aside, figuring this, doing that, doing the other. So you've got this very rapid energy that gets so busy that you lose your marbles. <laughs> I mean, people are technically sane, I'm sure, uh, but you lose your dumber body, your sense of poise, calm, steadiness, simplicity, presence is lost in this. Because the system never knows itself. It's always just firing off. It's always that which is activated. Stimulating and responding, response. and So you come to a monastery and, uh, what, the, uh, what do you do? Uh, well, you sit there. Huh? What I do when I sit there, just just, just sit there, empty. What? <laughs> okay, well, okay, something to do. Let's do just follow your breathing. Be with your breathing, hold your body up. If it's too difficult, then generate some qualities of gratitude and towards other beings or, 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 or affection or compassion. Yeah. and so on. But um, it's not just to fill up the time, it's also to heal the nervous system which is fried and constantly needing something more to get going on. So as we all know, certainly when I've started it's just like deep end from doing no meditation just being put in a solitary cootie for you know, two and three quarter years, solitude. He said, yeah, 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 Listening to every record I'd ever had played over and over again in my head every day. High five, volume, stereo, every piece of music I'd ever heard was playing. That went on for six months. <laughs> it, was, it was, it was, the nervous system was saturated in it. So when I actually, Obviously, there was no music where I was. So this is just going on in my head. Uh, there was no law against playing music. Nothing wrong with music. It's not against the law. It's not immoral. But just the mind was just so could not bear the absence of stimulation. So it just starts stimulating itself. You know? And of course, there was worse than that. That was that was a bit. You know, you're trying to focus on breathing or something. It's just this sound of rock music playing in your head. you're just trying to shut up and focus, focus, focus. And then you know the different different moods, and then when you start to, that begins to empty out, then you can sucking stuff out of the bottom of the barrel, feeling a loneliness, disappointment. What am I doing here? fantasizing where I could be. That is what I'm going to do in the future. Somewhere else, maybe this, maybe that, just there's stuff coming out. And then really so important to find something. And it's not about craving, it's saying, I am putting in time to settle and Renunciation is a difficult thing to do. So I'll just take it one moment at a time to slow it down a little. I will not ask my mind to be quiet. I will just say, could you babble just a little bit slower? i yeah. will start to relate to it, talk to it, yeah. you know, and then... they so develop right speech internally. Because the precept on speech involves thinking. How much negative thinking, how much despairing thinking, how much irritated, frustrated thinking, how many put-downs, how many... How much do we do? How much do we spend our time doing that? Complaining about ourselves, or complaining about the system, or complaining about other people, or mixture of all of it. Complain about the system, monastery, darn boring, should be this, that, and the other. Complain about the people, he's lazy, he doesn't cooperate, he's a control freak, yeah. yeah, yeah. Complain about yourself, ungrateful, stupid, lazy. Can't get my head together. Just, you know, is there some other thing you could come up with? Like, I do not kill creatures. Just change the record, put a different record on (laughs) rather than playing this stuff. (laughs) If you've got to think, why do you think stuff that just puts poison into your system? You know, if he's a control freak, that's his problem. (laughs) You know, why do you have to you don't bathe yourself in negativity so say just, just a refrain not interested in gossip not interested in comparing and slandering not interested in it not interested in just wiling the time away by chit chat which serves it's just Nervous energy, and we make an effort with it. We aspire. And by and large, you know, we, we're not 100%. We do grumble, we do feel you know, negative thoughts, but least, you know, you've got an aspiration. So it says, just, just wait a minute, stop. Just a minute. You're not doing that. All oh, right. I remember I've made a um, Resolution one of the first years I was at Amrawadi, which was crazy. Um, it was very confusing because we didn't really have all, any systems in place to, to operate a large open centre. And the course made us very keen to have it really open, which meant all kinds of um, people in all kinds of mind states would come in and you'd you know, kind of trying to deal with all this stuff. And seeing it extremely, trying to, this and then you know, idiot and stupid and then why do we have to do this? And complaining, and I, thought I made a resolution for one reigns to not allow my mind to complain. So it starts to complain, you shouldn't stop. Complain about Ajahn Samato. why do he do all this? Why is it all right for him? Will he stop. What was that going to do you? Right. Then the meditation hall was what's called the sala now, with a kitchen and the washing machine right adjacent to it and the spin dryer, so somebody, you'd be in the morning pooch, and somebody decided they needed to, somebody's another wash their socks or dry out a towel, you, you see, you know, it's going woong woom, 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 <laughs> woom, 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 this washing machine, spin dryer going. <laughs> do we have to do this at five o'clock in the morning? You know, somebody found it was their one time where they get access to the washing machine, because there's only one washing machine, so they, okay, I'll bung it in now, you know. See, they sit people aren't mindful, and stupid people aren't mindful. Stop doing that. Why can't people put the tools away stop doing that? Why can't they stop doing that? I do And what happens is they you find you've got a mind of compassion arises. Because when you have to relate to the uncomfortable, the unpleasant, the crazy, without dismissing it, despising it, shielding yourself from it, protecting yourself from it, there's only one thing you can do. You have to open up. Put down the rod of ill will. What happens is the mind, heart opens with something compassionate and okay, patient, okay. Let's just get through this one difficult moment, okay. Breathing out. Everybody gets confused. Okay, let's just not start to create a person out of a piece of behaviour. You know, he has to live with that behaviour. Don't make a person out of it. Otherwise it gets stuck in you. And you've seen the results of that. You know, people can have all these people stuck inside them that they're complaining about. Oh Mr Biggs, he's such a pig in his own so so you know. You know. Stuck inside them. People they're still fighting with and quarrelling with and have a loose moment and start talking about them. Did you know, you know, Jesse so and so so and so yeah, he's a right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got all, kind of, all the tribunals we can create about all the things that people did that were wrong to us. You know, you can use a lot of energy on that. Or you could just not worth talking about. Not because you're just kind of trying to shut it all up, but just, it does me no good. It's beneath me. You know, I can live in the quality of good intent and make an effort to fashion careful, sustaining, useful, purposeful thought. Or I can just drop it a whole lot and get into a real tangle and I will reap results of that. Right? The tiger's looking you in the face. What do you want to do? I think I'll go for that. Hmm? This is the way we cultivate. And we aspire. Hmm? As the Buddha says, not everything that you know should be talked about. But... Talk that causes skillful states to arise, unskillful states to decline. That's worthy of pulling your attention into. It's called careful attention. Yoni somni You aspire to bring forth careful attention. You have faith that you can do it. Not that esoteric. Give yourself the chance. It's not that it's that difficult, but just we take the lazy, habitual way if we don't aspire and withdraw and realize there is something present in us. We can all do that. We can all stop that hurtful word, feel the disagreement in our hearts, practice... And say I found that difficult. Not blaming, not accusing, just expressing, let you know. So this is the you know, this is how we get out of this worldly tangle. You know, of course one could talk about all of the precepts, but time is short. Yeah. but essentially, if you reflect on them, see, this is you in a way. This is your your main cultivation. Whether you can, how long you can sit still for, that's going to happen. You know, some bodies are not that good at it. So on, so on, so on, so on. So on. But you can keep the precepts, and you can value them and you can linger in them, and you can amplify them, and you can refine them, and you can take refuge in them, and you can give your attention to the felt quality of the mind that is gentle, contented, sensitive to the welfare of others, skillful in what it says and brings forth and does, ready to drop what isn't needed. And that's the heart of the holy life. Uh, we cultivate it, whether you're a bhikkhu, samyak anagārika, laywoman, sīla anagārika. It's open for everybody. <laughs> you know, you don't need to go through any ceremonies to do it. You don't. You know, it's open for everybody. It's the open way. The holy life. So let's um, take the opportunity to enter the year of the tiger, looking the tiger straight in the eye, (laughs) knowing who we are, knowing what we are, the tigers can't destroy. Anyone?